Welcome to the Gathering at Adel's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. Uh, the, the kiddos are in here with us today. They, that might bother you. It doesn't bother me, so uh, we're just going to keep going with that, but we, uh, we enjoy having the kids in here with us, not just for worship every week, but then the teaching every other week that they're in here with us, because we truly believe that the Lord's going to do something in their hearts. That might not take effect. We might not see it tomorrow, but we truly believe that, that the words that are spoken, not just because they're from me, but from the Lord, that his word does not return void. And they're going to get something that they might not even know. They might not even hear it with their ears, but they're going to hear it with their soul. And it's going to take root, and it's going to bear fruit in the proper time. And so uh, if the kiddos are a little anxious, don't worry. It's all right. They're not going to bother us. It's going to, it's going to be good. You know, uh, maybe, I don't even know what, what day are we in. We're at middle of, Oct- of November, right? October, uh, we were at a staff meeting and uh, just kind of laying out, hey, here's where I think the Lord's going to be teaching us through the end of the year with the staff, you know, and... Uh, uh, Kelly was like, November, are you going to do a Thanksgiving message? I was like, no way. You know, I was like, I'm not doing that. That's so typical, and I just don't want to be that guy. And so uh, even, I think, last week, she's like, so you're doing a Thanksgiving message? I was like, no, I told you I'm not. Monday, I was studying uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and the Lord goes, what are you doing? You know, have you ever noticed, like, he talks to you like you would talk to yourself sometimes? You're like, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, Lord, just trying to love you right now. Just study your word. He's like, why are you being stubborn? I was like, you're going to have to be more specific, Lord, because there's lots of areas that that could apply to. And uh, he goes, why, why are you trying to withhold a Thanksgiving message? And I was like, you know, sometimes then when you like you respond, but you don't actually say the word. So like in my mind, I'm like, I don't know, Lord, I don't want to be like everyone else. And he goes, you don't have to worry about that. You know, I was like, all right, all right. Thank you, Lord. I needed that pep talk today. So today we are Thanksgiving message today. We true, I true, I say it all the time. Like, it's not my will to be done, but his. Like, I'm just a vessel. And so I don't, I don't have the right to determine what sermons are preached. I don't, I don't have that right. It's him that goes, Hey, how about this today? And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Because it was not my idea to, to do this. So, uh, But I'm genuinely excited because I feel like as this week, as I was preparing, as uh, just spending time with him, I think he just began to reveal just how ungrateful we have become. And I know, I know like you go to, you know, your aunt, aunt or Uncle Bob who's lost, and it's like, yeah, my Uncle Bob, he's the worst. It's like, I'm not talking about Uncle Bob who's, who's lost. I'm talking, like, the Lord was just showing me in the church, like, we, we can't expect the world to be thankful because they're the world. They're lost. But us in the church can become some of the most ungrateful people there are. Like, we are so thankful until we don't get that race. We're so thankful until our kid doesn't make the sports team. We're so thankful until a certain point, and then all of a sudden we look just like the rest of the world. 
We, we are in a time where, where I really believe it's social media that, that is driving a lot of this. Before, maybe it was in all of us, but now we all have a vessel that we can just like spew these, these things out at any given moment and then delete and then redo it. Like, we are some of the most ungrateful people inside the church. We are, we are entitled. We are selfish. And like, I'm not, I'm not condemning you because, hey, we're saved through faith by grace. But like, we're going to be made into his image. And so that's okay because we're on that journey. And so today it's not really supposed to be a heavy message. Today it's supposed to be a good message where if you're new here, man, I'm not really the fire and brimstone preacher guy. I don't want to try to scare you into heaven. I want to preach the word, and I want to show you how beautiful Jesus is that you fall in love with him. And so there's no fear today. There's no like, oh, if you're ungrateful, then this. No, it's like, man, look at how good Jesus is. And when you begin to see him, not as the world told you he is, not as Uncle Bob told you that he is, not, not as fire and brimstone preacher told you he is, but when you see him truly for who he is, then you, there's no other response except to just pour out love and praise and prayer and thanksgiving out of your heart. When you truly see him for who he is. And so I, I want to try to paint a picture of Jesus. And it's not like Jeff's rendition of Jesus. It, it's, it's the Jesus of the Bible. Today we're talking about Thanksgiving or gratitude. Have you written a word so many times that you don't even know how to spell it anymore? Gratitude, I'm at that. And I think it's in the text is because it's like gratitude and it's like, what? I don't even know how to spell it anymore, so that's why you won't see it anywhere. It's just on my notes here. All right. <laughs> gratitude shifts our mindset. Gratitude takes the focus off of us and what we have and what we don't have. And it properly puts the focus on God and what he has done for us and what he continues to do for us. That's the main idea for today. I'll say it at least six or seven times. If you still can't write it all down because I say it too fast, text me and I will get it to you. And hopefully spell check will get gratitude in there. We're going to be in Luke chapter 17 today uh, for for the first part. What, What I want to begin to look at is... How gratitude shifts our mindset, takes the focus off of us and onto him. But there are four things that uh, I feel like help us in that. I think one, sometimes like we, and you hear it like, uh, you'll hear it a lot, especially this time, right? Like uh, the attitude of gratitude and it's like, man, you know. What happens is that it makes it to where it's just like this idea. And it's not actually walked out. It's that, that whole this phrase of, you know, it's the thought that counts. Oh, hey, I didn't get you the flowers that I said I would, but hey, I, but I thought about it. You know, I thought about getting you those flowers, or I thought about this. The thought really doesn't do much, right? All it does is go, okay, you thought about it, but you didn't do anything. And I, I feel like what happens sometimes in gratitude and thanksgiving, we say those things, but yet there's no actions to back up that. So that it's a belief, but not actually a lifestyle. It's a thought, but not really actions. So the goal today is to go, okay, here's four questions. I'm going to ask you four questions at the end. And I'm not going to go, hey, 
I'll need to get this right. I'm going to ask four questions. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to go, hey, Shelby, how about this right here? Maybe, maybe this would do good right here. You know, and so here we go. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. We're going to go through 19. While traveling to Jerusalem, he, he being Jesus, passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And while they were going, they were cleansed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. There's two words that Jesus speaks that I think are just interesting because sometimes we think they're the same, but they're, they're different. Verse 14, it says, and while they were going, they were cleansed. And in verse 19, he says, your faith has saved you. Where they were seeking to be cleansed, Jack liked that. Thank you, Jack. Someone I got an amen over there. He's like, dang, that was good. Yeah, that's just the first thing, Jack. Don't worry, man. <laughs> to where a lot of times all we're looking to do is be cleansed when he's really looking to save us. We want just the quick cleansing, like just make it new, make it clean, right? Like uh, there was a friend of mine that had a car that was really dirty. I mean, she keeps this thing, it, it's almost embarrassing how dirty this thing gets and she she had, she called someone in to get it detailed and uh the, the lady detailed it and really kind of gave her a stern talking to and she's like you know you called for a detail this is more of like a a restoration and where so many times we're looking for the quick fix the detail and the lord's saying no 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 wait wait you you think it's just this you want to be cleansed of this, but you actually need to be saved. Because cleanse means just washed, but the word saved, the, the, the word here is sozo. It means to be made whole, to be set free, to be delivered, to be made at one with him. You see, where they were calling out, save me, save me, save me, oh master. Where the nine were happy to be clean. The one came back so that he could be made whole. And it's interesting because the word points out, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus says, oh, where, where were the other nine? Oh, the only one that came back was a foreigner? You see, because to be cleansed doesn't make us right with God. Be, to be cleansed makes us right with ourselves. But to be saved means to be made right with him. And it's not that we were saved one time, but we are saved we are being saved, and we will be saved. But where we want to be saved once and then just cleaned up and polished and made look nice again, and then you get sent on my way. You see, the other nine were happy to be cleansed because cleansed mean they, they get to go back to their family. 
the nine got to go back to their family right away. They got to go to the temple. They got to offer sacrifices. They were so excited to run back to the way that things were that they'll never get to go forward again. But the, not, the one, the foreigner, the Samaritan, started that way, and he was cleansed on the way. But what he desired was to be made whole and to be made right. And he returned, and it says that he returned him with a loud voice. He fell face down and praising him. That word loud voice, it's the same word that we have. It's two words in the Greek and English. We call it megaphone. That's where that word comes from. Megaphone comes from this word right here. He came in with a loud voice. Where sometimes our thankfulness is barely above a squeak. But this guy, a Samaritan who knew who Jesus was because he saw him. The first one is that we have to recognize God for who he is. Because Without that, then all we are are clean. Being clean isn't the goal. To be made whole, to be made right with him, to be set free, that is the goal. And it only comes when we recognize that it's only by him and through him. Like that, that Jesus, the, the fullness of Jesus, Jesus is so good. So beautiful and so wonderful that the fullness of God dwelt in him. That everything that you need to be made right with him was accomplished through Jesus Christ. That where we were a foreigner, as he said, this foreigner was the only one that came back. But in that moment, that foreigner was a son of God. In that moment, he was saved. He was made whole and made right with Jesus. Where the other nine, they got what they wanted. But he got what he needed. How many times is that is our thankfulness related to what we wanted, not what we needed? I know y'all are probably used to like a pastor having it all together and it's like a good speech and it's all public speaking is wonderful. That's not me, okay? So if I pause and I think, just have grace towards me. Thankfulness is a response to God's goodness. That manifest in praise and worship and acknowledging him. Thankfulness is a response to God's goodness. That manifests in praise and worship and acknowledging him. When we fail to see that God alone is where our blessings come from. Then we'll become entitled, spoiled brats. Where sometimes we attribute our success and our blessings to luck, to karma, to hard work, to dedication, to I deserve this, I've worked hard for this. We think that that entitles us to be blessed. Because, oh yeah, it just worked out that way. Man, I, I was lucky. No, you weren't. Because if you just think that you're lucky, then who gets the... The, the credit that he deserves, not the Lord. You do for being at the right place at the right time. But have you ever stopped to think you're at the right place at the right time? Why? Because of him. You know, man, the front rows depart me over here. They're all my kids. Where are they going today? They're in and out. 
They don't want to hear it today. I think that when we come into this, when we look at Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, I think what you look at the most is why are we the most thankful people? Why should we be the most thankful people on the planet? Because at one point we were far off. You see, the ten were lepers. They, they, they were outside of the city, away from their family, away from community. But now, now like us, where, we're on, where we were on the outside looking in, now we've been brought near. We should be the most thankful people because of that one single act that he did for us. That should be enough. If he never did anything else for us, wouldn't that still be enough? Yes, because that's what you need, not what you want. Jeff wants lots of things. Jeff needs one thing. It's not the whole food, water, shelter thing. It's not survival. It's I need one thing, and that's to be made right with him. What good is it to attain everything, yet forfeit our soul? I mean, and the, the, the first step in being thankful, not, not, not an attitude of gratitude. Like, like this guy didn't just go, oh, man, that's really cool. I was cleansed, and just walk away. But he put action behind it. He stopped, and he went back so that he could go forward. We have to recognize that all good blessings, James uh, 1.17, I believe, is that every good and perfect gift comes from above. It's not your hard work. You don't deserve it. You're not entitled to it. It's not luck. It's not karma. It's not in the cards. It's not in the sky. It's not all of the whatever phrases we use. It's from the Lord. And when we begin to recognize that, then he is the one that gets the glory. And he alone, because like we said, he is worthy of it all. We have to begin to recognize that he is the one. Second one right here, these are all R's, so it should be, should be helpful for you guys. It, it was helpful for me. First Thessalonians, the, the, I mean, the passages we're using today are simple. It's ones that you guys know. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verses 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The, the number one question that Christians ask is like, Man, I, I just want to know what the will of the Father is. And most of the time they're talking about what? Choosing between this job or that job. Like, oh man, I, I don't know I could be this or that. I just, I just want to know what the Lord's will is. To rejoice always. To pray constantly. To give thanks in all circumstances. I mean, I, I, I know you probably care about your job and, and where you are. I feel like the Lord is less concerned about your job than this right here. Like, what, what is God's will for my life? Is it the red car or the blue car? Is it, is, it, is it the steak or the chicken? Lord, I don't know what to choose. It, his will for your life is not based on earthly and temporary things. 
but to rejoice always, to pray constantly, and to give thanks in all circumstances. First one was recognized. The second one was release. What happens is we cannot be thankful when we're holding on to all of the other stuff that the world has to offer. When we are holding on to fear, to worry, to doubt, to to pride, to selfishness, to comparison, then we'll never be thankful because it'll never be enough. It doesn't matter if your plate is overflowing, it will never be enough because it won't be as much as somebody else has. When we are holding on to these things, we can never be thankful. You, I mean, that's why I think it's uh, Philippian, Philippians uh, 4, right? Don't be anxious about anything, but, but pray. And, and I think it ends with like, the peace of God will guard your heart. So if you're anxious, it's impossible to be at peace. If you are thankful, it's impossible to be all those other things. But when you're all the other things, when you're angry at life, when you're angry at your spouse, when you're angry at your job, when you're angry at this, that they only have self-checkout at Walmart, when you're angry at all of those things, then you'll never be thankful. When all you want is more, more, and more, then you'll never be thankful because no matter how much he gives you, it will never be enough. The Lord could bless you with a new truck. And you're like, man, that thing is awesome. You drive down the road and you'll see 15,000 more awesome trucks than yours. And in your heart, you'll begin to compare yourself to others and go, man, I wish that I had that. I, I mean, you know, we, we believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. And, and I love my wife with all of my heart. Don't always show it. And she's, we're not going to obey, like nod or that. But I love her so much. As soon as I become unthankful for her, is that a word? Unthankful for her? Then I'll look ungrateful. There you go. Ungrateful for her. That's why I, I love her. Right? As soon as I become ungrateful for her, then I'll begin to look at other places. And I'll become dissatisfied with where I am. There's nothing wrong with her. It's wrong with my heart. As soon as I become ungrateful towards the Lord, I'll look at what everybody else has. And then I'll want what they have. We, one of the first phrases that we learn as kids, kids is, that's not fair. Not fair. Uh, why do they get two pieces of cake? I only got one. That's not fair. Why do they get to stay up? Uh, our kids are good at this. Why do they get to stay up at nine till 9.30 now? When I was their age, I had to go to bed at 8. It's like, well, mom and dad have learned some things, all right? But it's not fair. It's not fair, and it's not fair. When we become those people that say it's not fair, what we're actually saying is, Lord, what you have given me is not enough. And man, what a place to be at. What a place to assume that what you have is less than what somebody else has. What you have is what you need. Might not be what you want. But what you have is what you need. The, the, the word says that he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Just because you have it and somebody else, just because you don't have it and somebody else does have it, doesn't mean he loves them more. Doesn't mean that they're better than you. 
doesn't mean that in heaven they're going to get 24 crowns and you're only getting 22 crowns. It has nothing to do with that. We place so much value on earthly things that it causes us to doubt the love of the Father when we don't have what everybody else has. And then we, we work and we work and we strive to get what everybody else has. It's that whole saying of keeping up with the Joneses. We, we want to try to have everything they have and we'll do whatever it takes. Even neglect our family, even neglect our faith, even walk away from those things just so that I can have that so that somebody can look at me and go, man, Jeff, that's a nice truck. And I can go, thanks. And in, in, in 10 seconds, that feeling's gone because now I have to worry about how I'm going to pay for that stupid truck. Because that feeling of being found and to be acknowledged as successful is like, oh, man, that felt so good. But the pressure that the world puts on you in order to maintain that is not worth it. We have to become people that release those things. We, you cannot be thankful and be full of anger. You cannot be thankful and be full of pride. You cannot be thankful and be full of hate. Because you will always find something wrong. We become entitled Brats, and I'm saying me, not y'all, so don't be offended at that. We want to play both sides of the fence. When it works out, man, we're great. Things are good. We're at church, and it's like, man, the Lord's good. Amen. All the time. God is good all the time. All the time, God's good. And we walk right out of here, and we're like, man, there are kids that still all service. Why can't mine do that? <laughs> the ones not laughing are the ones that aren't in still. You know, the moms are like, oh, yeah, that's not funny. You know? <laughs> when we become ungrateful, we begin to view God as somebody that is less than what he really is. And we begin to view ourselves ourselves as less than others. Number three, there's four. So, so if you're tracking, you can figure out we're getting close. We must release those things so that we may receive. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. If you're new to the Bible, this is a thing that someone taught me. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go eat popcorn. Right there you go. So those always confused me. A little insight there helps us out, okay? Now if I see you in 10 years and you're still using that, come on. we got to figure it out. There's got to be a better thing for that, all right? got to get in the Word a little more. But for now, that works. Colossians 2. I say that and I still use it, so whatever. No condemnations. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord... Continue to walk in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. You have received Christ. Continue to walk in him, being rooted and built up in him, established in the faith and overflowing with gratitude. What, when, when I was just... I felt like the Lord was just leading me to this passage because I, I feel like we have to reach a stage 
where we are mature enough Ungratefulness is all, I mean, I'm going to say always, but maybe not always, is most of the time related back to uh, immaturity. But here it says that you have received Christ, walk in him, being rooted in him, built up. So this, this picture, the, the, the Greek language, language is a picture language. And so when it says rooted in him, it, it's talking about a mature tree. Not like a little sapling that's not well established. But it says you received Christ and now you're being rooted in him. It, it's the picture of a grown tree. And then it says, and then built up in him. And it's a big building that's constructed. So like that's the picture of maturity in him. And so he says that you should be all of those things. Why? So that you can overflow with gratitude. That when we become mature followers of Jesus, then we will overflow with gratitude. If there's an area that you are not overflowing in gratitude with, then can I challenge you and encourage you to go, Father, is, is there some immaturity that I have right here in this? Will, will you help grow me in this so that I no longer am ungrateful for those things? Being thankful isn't just an idea. It changes our walk with him. So, so it's not just this idea of like, oh, I, hey, I should say thanks. Oh, I, but it's that as we mature, we begin to overflow with gratitude. That, that when we're young in the faith, we're still learning. But the more that we grow in the faith, the more mature we become, we begin to realize all of this stuff is passing away. None of this really matters. And as we do that, our cup of gratitude begins to overflow. And so if we are going to be people that... Uh, are going to be thankful people. Like we're coming into that season of that. If we're going to do that, then we need to begin to ask the Father to mature us in those areas where we don't see it overflowing. And, and, and that can be in a lot of different areas of your life. And I don't have to touch on all of that. But any area where you see that you're not overflowing with thankfulness, then be, ask Him to begin to mature you in that. Overflowing with gratitude. I, 2 Corinthians 9.11, you, you don't have to turn to that. 2 Corinthians 9.11, though, it's talking where, where Paul is talking. He's like, hey, you guys begin to sow into other people. Like, like our giving is going to be a blessing to other people. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 9. It actually goes like verses 10 through about 14 in there. But listen to 2 Corinthians 9.11. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity which produces thanksgiving to God through us. So what I'm, what I'm going to say is that our gratitude with the Father, how do we show that? It's through our generosity. Because when we become unthankful, ungrateful, we begin to hoard all of our resources. Because we're not real sure if when it's going to stop. Hey, when, when is the economy going to turn bad? So I need to no, hoard all of my resources. Or, or, no, these are all my toys, right? Another phrase that we learn as qu kids very quickly is mine, right? Like no one, no one taught them, like you didn't have to sit down with Evelyn when she's, you know, a year and like, okay, Evelyn, now what we want to do is we want to say mine and pull our toys there. No, 
She learns it. I don't know how. She's with Lauren all day, so maybe that has something to do with it. But I didn't. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> hey, Josh, when you do the sermon, just take that part out. No. But, like, kids just know those things. Why? Because we're, they're mine. Mine. But it's a phrase that we've been saying. Linnell helped share that with me. Is that there is no greed in the kingdom of heaven. Because there's excess. Greed only exists in our mind when we think that there's not enough or when we think that there's enough for everyone else but me. So we become ungrateful. We become hoarders of our resources. But actually, in order to be thankful, a way that we can show thankfulness, you already, like this isn't just pastor talking, like this is the, the word. The way that we can be grateful is that our generosity to others. Because as we grow and mature, and our cup overflows with gratitude, that overflow is to be poured out to somebody else. Because my overflow is the starter for somebody else. My excess is the necessity for the next person. Like, I get in everything that's above and beyond what I need, not what I want. Everything above what I need, I don't hoard it. I pour it out to someone else who is in need. Because my excess is a necessity for the next person. And and there's lots of reasons why we justify in our head, like, well, but not that person. Or how long do I keep giving to this person? To what extent do I do? You know, and it's like, man, as long as I'm overflowing, if I'm not pouring that out into someone else, then it's a waste. What good is it to store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust will destroy? But instead, store up treasures in heaven that neither moth nor rust can destroy. My overflow, the, the way that I show God that, man, God, I'm so thankful for the way that you have blessed me, is that everything above and beyond goes to somebody else. That That's... Anti-American right there, isn't it? Our generosity is a picture of our trust in God. When we hoard, we are telling God that we don't trust him. When I try to accumulate all that I can for me, then what I'm saying is, Lord, I don't trust you. To provide that, that if I'm going to take this excess and I'm going to give it to this person. And excess, don't just think money. Think your time. Think of your talents. You see, I think so many times we think like, man, the Lord has blessed me with this gift. But, but if you never pour it out on someone else, what good is it? Where, where are we now in America? Because fathers aren't teaching those gifts and those crafts to their kids. And so now they're having to go and learn them on their own. Or You know, one thing that I remember uh, with dad and my grandpa with hey, changing the oil in a car. You know, now, now it's like, ah, it, it, and it almost cost, like I really do think it costs just as much to change your oil at home as it does in a, taking it somewhere else. That's not the point. Dad, Dad and my grandpa, they didn't teach me how to change the oil so that I could save money. They, they taught me because that's how we spend time together. 
That's probably why my first car was a, a bad car, so that we could spend a lot of time together, you know. Thank, thanks for that, Dad, you know, Mom, Dad. Like, you know, spend a lot of time over at, at my grandpa's house. Actually, me and my wife live in that same house now where my grandpa lived. And one of the trees, it has, uh, he, he would always take engines out and hang deer up in this tree. And there's a chain. And I just remember that, mainly from running into it as a kid, you know, because it always hung down low. And, but to this day, that chain has, the, the tree has grown around the chain. And, and what that shows, what that shows me is not like, it, it just shows the memories that I have right there. With my family. Where dads are too busy to just stop and show their kids how to do things. So now we have to pay people to do things. What I'm saying is that that our generosity of our time, our talent, and our treasure. They communicate our level of trust with the father. I know know it's hunting season so I don't want to step on too many toes. Mine's video games. It's not hunting, so, you know, you can do that. So some people might be social media, whatever you, but, but what I, where do I spend my time when it's extra? Do I do it doing something that I want to do that builds me up, or is it doing something that's building up the kingdom of God? That's the excess of my time. The excess of my talent is that, and, and Mike right here on the second row, he, he's so good at it. The Lord's blessed him with a mechanic mindset, and I don't get that. But what I love about Mike is I can be like, hey, Mike, hey, can you come look at this with me? And like, before I even hang up, Mike's there. I'm like, bro, how did you get here so fast? You know, like, because that's the overflow. He does it as a job. But the overflow he blesses other people with. Our level of generosity communicates our level of trust with the Father. Last one. Gratitude shifts our mindset. It takes the focus off of us on what we have and what we don't have. And it puts the focus on God and what he has done for us and what he continues to do for us. We have to recognize that they come from him. We have to release all the things of the world. We have to receive it from him, grow up into maturity. And the last one is to remain in him. You see that Ingratitude, is that the word, babe? Ingratitude? Ingratitude, ungratitude, that creates a gap in a relationship. Not, not, not just personally, like between humans, but it does that too, but, but also with the Father. When we become ungrateful for what he's done, there becomes a gap in our relationship. It's normally communicated through silence. How, have you noticed that? Like if you're not thankful for someone, how do you communicate that? Very rarely do we communicate it with words because that would be too hard to do. That wouldn't be fun, right? The, the way that we, we acknowledge that we're not thankful for someone is that we don't communicate with them. How do we acknowledge that? How do we see that when, when we're not grateful for what the Lord has done? We become silent towards him. If you're truly grateful for someone, then you spend time with them. You work on the relationship. You communicate. When, as soon as we become ungrateful, we cut off communication because we think that, man, maybe he's not good. He didn't give me this. He didn't bless me with this. I don't want anything to do with him. 
And we don't say those words. But the enemy says them to us. And we go, and that is right. That does sound good. We develop a sense of an entitlement. And we expect him to give us things. And we compare ourselves to others. That, that ingratitude means that we perceive our lack as less than that we perceive that when we don't have exactly what somebody else has, when it's not fair that they're better than us, he, that they're loved better by us, they're better with things than us. Like all, all those thoughts go through our head. And what happens is when we begin to see them as more and us as less, then naturally we go, uh, I don't want anything to do with the Father right now. Because when we become ungrateful for what he has done, and what he is doing, we separate ourselves from him. But when our hearts are full of gratitude, we won't wander looking for the next big thing. The way that we practice gratitude is that we remain with him. We're faithful to the end. Give thanks in all circumstances. I mean, I know we got it rough in, in 2023 in, a, in, a, in America, the, the greatest country on the planet. But you read the stories of the martyrs in the early church as they were under the Colosseum being wa waiting to be fed to lions. You find the most grateful people for what the Lord has done right there. You would think that they, you would find them right here in America. No, you, you found them 2,000 years ago waiting to be fed to lions. The stories that come out of those, that, that are written down. Hey, there's a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. You can go and read that. You can read there's church history like Josephus is a guy that, that wrote church history. And he wrote about the fall of, of uh, Jerusalem and, and Rome taking it over. And you hear the stories that come out of that. Why? Because they remained in him. They became grateful to know that they were at one time separated. They were like this guy, the foreigner. But now they've been brought near to him. That is the greatest thing that he can ever do for you. Nothing else will ever matter in this world. Except to, be know, that you were, except to know that you were a foreigner, but that now you've been brought near to him. We're going to close. Yeah, thank you. You're good. We're going to ask ourselves these four questions. One, when you get what you want, needed, do you return to him? Or do you go off because you're so excited to play with a new toy, the new shiny object that you forget to return back to him? Are you holding on to something that is blocking your ability to have a heart of gratitude? Have you been stingy with what the Lord has blessed you with? Last one, is there ingratitude in your heart towards God that's causing a gap in your relationship? Gratitude shifts our mindset. It takes the focus off of us, what we have and what we don't have. And it properly puts it on God what he has done for us, and what he continues to do for us. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to, I want you to ask yourself those questions. I'm going to read them again as our eyes are closed and as we're praying. Because if we walk out of here today,
the same as when we came in, then it was a waste of time. But if we look at ourselves and go, Father, man, I love you. Jesus, you're so beautiful. Teach me. Teach me tomorrow. That's what it's about. So close your eyes as we pray. Ask yourself these questions. After you got what you needed from him, do you return back to him and give him praise or thanks? Are you holding on to something that is blocking your ability to have a heart full of gratitude? Have you been stingy with what the Lord has blessed you with? And is there ingratitude in your heart towards God that is causing a gap in your relationship? Father, we ask you these questions genuinely for you to change us, shape us, and mold us into who you've called us to be. Father, anything that you have to say over us or to us, we listen and we obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, before we leave, we, uh, we have... It, we call it child dedication, baby dedications, but it, it's really parent dedications. And so I think we have two. Is that right? One, two right there. If you guys, mom, dad, y'all want to come on up and bring over that baby. Man, this is the fun part. Love babies. Yeah, y'all start drum off over there. Uh, y- hey, y'all come on up here because we've had to scoot the chairs up and there's no room up there anymore. Here, y'all over here. You know, this is, uh, this is Jonathan and Talisha. Grayson over here. How old are you? Ten? Ten. Easton. You got Josh. Lulu. Lila. Man, what a, what a blessing these kids are. And a lot of times we, we think, man, we're, we're dedicating these kids to the Lord. But, but honestly, what you're doing is you're saying... Lord, I'm dedicating myself to you. I'm dedicating fatherhood and motherhood to him. That, I, I don't want to father like the world fathers. I don't want to be a mother like the world says to be a mother. The way that you mother and father these babies is an example to the world. And what, what y'all are doing is you're saying, hey, can't do it by ourselves, Right? And so Jonathan, Talisha, Josh, and Lulu, as your, as your pastor, as your congregation, as your brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to say that we're here for you. What, 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 you're, what you're communicating is, hey, man, here's another brother and sister in Christ. And they need a lot and they require a lot. And I want you to hear me say, if there's anything that any of you ever need, any help, Look no further than right here than, than the people in this room. Look no further than me. Because we're here for you. Because it's hard. It's scary. It's dangerous. There's lots of things that are going on. But what I'm going to say is that y'all are making the right choice right now. I'm going to pray over you guys. And then we're going to just ask the church to come and just surround you. Father, we just pray right now. Over Jonathan, over Talisha, Josh, and Lulu. Father, they can't do it on their own. They need you and they need us. They need community. 
Father, for however long you've called them to be here with us, we will be that community. Father, we love you and we love them. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, what I want to do is I just want to invite, if you don't feel led to pray, you guys are free to be dismissed and go get your kiddos. But I just want to invite you guys to come on up and pray over them. And so uh, why don't you all scoot up just a little bit that way. Anybody that feels led, just come and pray over them. And uh, we just want to pray blessings over them. It's tough. And, you know, there, there's a story in Exodus where, where Moses and, and the Israelites are fighting. And the way that, they be, that, that the Israelites were victorious is when Moses' arms were up, they were victorious. But as soon as they came down, the Israelites were be, being defeated. And what you're saying right now is that Jonathan, Talisha, Josh, Lulu, your hands will never go down. We will be those people that hold them up. Y'all just begin to pray into them and over them. Father, we just thank you for these gifts. Father, for Easton, for Lila. Father, just thank you for them. Thank you for the parents that you've blessed them with. They don't even know it yet. How fun, how awesome they are. Father, we just pray for protection over them. We pray for strength, wisdom. Father, for, for the moms and the dads. Father, for them to just do well just walk in your love your grace your mercy and your forgiveness in Jesus name we pray amen amen I got her. One, the only announcement we got is Christmas Eve service fellas December 24th 5pm candlelight service alright we, we'll have 10am service like normal and then 5pm candlelight service you cannot.